to the Most Excellent 80s Movies Podcast on the Most Excellent Podcast Network. It's the podcast where a filmmaker, a comedian, and an actor slash comedian slash podcaster all come together in a quest to take another look at the 80s movies we loved, hated, hated to love, and loved to hate. And as always, we are going to turn this thing up to an 11. This is Spinal Tap, a movie selection from 1984. Through two decades, 17 classic albums, countless unforgettable concert triumphs, they changed the face of British rock music forever. And the best part is, they're back. Now, they're on the verge of the greatest comeback of all time. Rock and roll! This is their moment. Right straight through this door here, down the hall. Yeah, turn right. Their time has come. Rock and roll! Any minute now. Any second. Hello, stage! I think we're lost. There's a little jog there, about 10 feet. Jog to the left. Get ready. Get set. Secrets. I was just pointing at it. I... Well, don't point even. Don't even point. point. No, it can't be played. Never. I mean, what can I look at? No. One man dares to hear the shocking answers. It's tragic, really. He exploded on stage. To questions like, is the world really ready for spinal tap? You put a greased, naked woman yes. on all fours yes. with a dog collar with around dog her collar. neck and a leash. And a leash. And pushing a black glove in her face to sniff it. You don't find that offensive? No, you don't, don't find that sexist? Well, you should Listen have seen the cover they wanted to do. Gossip. The official explanation was he choked on vomit. Well, I can't yes. prove whose vomit it was. Years of ugly rumors. It's a passion. This is a fact. And you are yes. Spinal Tarp? Oh, what's going on here? Hi. Now, the vicious, ugly truth can be told. Well, I'm sure I'd feel much worse if I weren't under such heavy sedation. longest trailer ever. Yeah. Is it me or have trailers gotten shorter? Yes. Were they all that long back then? No, none of the ones that we've played so far has been three minutes say, long. Like easily half of the best gags were in that too. Yeah. Like, or at least the most like iconic ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't even have to go watch the movie. The trailer wouldn't. Yeah. Well, is that so is that our final recommendation? The shortest episode ever? <laughs> <laughs> well, good night everyone. Listen to the trailer. Good night, folks. We're not even gonna tell you who that third voice <laughs> is. But this voice, of course, is uh, Chrissy Lenz, 
comedian, improviser, uh, director of National Comedy Theater. And then the other voice you recognize is... Uh, Nathan Blackwell, um, filmmaker from Squishy Studios. And with us is a compadre of mine. The James third Hoja. voice. Hello, everybody. Hello. Thank tell you us, for having me on. Uh, tell us a little bit about you. And Actor, you comedian, podcaster. Podcaster, yes. Podcaster, yeah. I can say I'm a podcaster now. Uh, that's what I've been working on recently. We started a new podcast called Is It Dark In Here? It's a dark comedy podcast. We do a little sketch, and then we do a little traditional podcasting. And, uh, yeah, everybody should check that out after you're done listening to this podcast. <laughs> In order, please. In order, please. <laughs> and then check out Does Dark In Here? And then just uh, doing stand-up and, you know, a little bit of acting here and there. Yes. Whenever sir. Nathan will cast me. Yeah. We've, uh, yeah, J- James and I... Um, so I was, right before the podcast started, I was doing the math in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's been, <laughs> as, I, as I always do. Bath math. <laughs> We've known each other more than half of our lives now. What? That's yeah, awesome. I, yeah. Uh, apparently, the 90s are now 20 years ago, and that was upsetting to me. Ew. In mm. the bathroom. Stop saying things like that. I'm literally aging on this podcast as you listen. It's like it's like that scene in Indiana Jones. Yeah. Where so so yeah. <laughs> That's literally happening. It happen. That just happened in the bathroom. It's just unfortunately you're not going to die as fast. So thanks yeah. for coming over, James. No. Yeah, no so, so so James and I know each other from high school. At South Mountain High School, um it had a magnet program and um there was actually just a ton of different magnets there. So I was in the communications magnet, which was both I mean actually it went into three directions, print radio and tv and i was in the tv video track uh james was in the theater track right mm-hmm. yeah um and then there was also dance there was aerospace there was law there was like ceramics we get it you went to high school nathan jeez <laughs> no, uh and so yeah it it, it, was, it actually was not very common you'd think it'd be a great fit of like the video people and the and then the actors to like collaborate a lot but yeah. most honestly most of the the video people were they were more interested in like t like like uh, new tv station stuff yeah okay. like more just like normal production like fox 10 or whatever like you know like news or like yeah there were there was there was only show? um well just like the normal like video yeah i, I don't well, know i mean i think it was geared more towards actually getting work yeah it was actually creativity. geared towards those people and not towards oh, sure. like so the only the only two people um that were interested in doing weird short films were myself and then my friend james batson mm-hmm. um who i just played with video games last night <laughs> on the xbox with yeah um he's in arkansas now um but hmm. uh and so, so James and I, I, I we we did a, a, some weird movies, uh, and we've continued to do so. That's awesome. Yeah, we've never not done a weird movie. I don't think <laughs> right. you say like we did some weird ones, yeah, and some regular ones. No, they've all I was been trying weird. to tell. So I think we've done eleven things now. So two feature films, um, and then web series and short films. If I had to say what the the least is the least weird one Forever Midnight, or is that just weird? Probably as default. Yeah, Forever Midnight. We all, Ooh. man, we were all like nineteen, and we thought 
that uh, that was it. Yeah. Like we had, we had really thought we were like this is, thing is going to take off. I'm not familiar yeah. with Forever Midnight. What is so, that? So oh. it's a, it's kind of like um it's a it's almost kind of like my so-called life the movie. It's like a okay. coming of age movie. Mm-hmm. Um and about uh, werewolves or people that have werewol- No, no, it, there was some comedy, but it was more or less a drama. So oh. it was kind of like out of my wheelhouse and stayed there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was we we did that in 1998, um, which was it, officially 20 years ago. Uh, so we pointed out. Yeah. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, we all got a little bit of dough for it, and we're yeah. like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And I signed this is gonna a contract, start our and this is going to start our careers. And here we yeah. are. And here we are. And, yeah. and you. And now we're doing a podcast. Yeah. Now we, this is the pinnacle. <laughs> Of everything that's happened. Absolutely. I mean, but I, does it get better than being in the totally uh, echoey and drafty back room of an improv comedy theater? Which has on no Main front. Street in Mesa. <laughs> yeah, has no where front the front is currently. missing. Uh, no, yeah. I don't, but I don't the, think so. But we're still friends and we're still making weird things. Yay. Yeah. Awesome. And we're well, getting paid the exciting. same that we got paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pay rate is ne- money hasn't gone to our heads. We yeah. can we can definitely say that. <laughs> okay, so we watched this is Spinal Tap. Um would, have you what's your like history with it? Is it a old uh, favorite or Yeah, it's one of my favorites. When uh when you guys asked me to do the podcast, I was offended <laughs> that it hadn't been done already. That and we, that there were we made it twenty four. Yeah, there was and... any '80s comedy that was done before this. A Spinal Tap. There were a few on the list. I guess. Yeah, that's true. I that's think. True. Yeah. So, uh, but no, it's just one of. Um, it's just one of the movies that really blew my mind, like comedy wise, mm-hmm. of how funny it was when I first watched it. And, it's, and did you see it as a kid? I think the first time I saw it was in high school. Okay, that would make more sense to me. Yeah, like it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely not not one of the movies where it's yeah. like, yes, it I was watched as a kid over and over. Well, and... it was one of well, I, I did watch a lot of comedies as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I watched like, um, you know, uh, I would watch Blazing Saddles continually mm-hmm. oh, as yeah. a kid, or like Young Frankenstein. Trading Places was another one I just used to watch like over and over again. And Trading Places was one that I thought of, mm-hmm. but I was like, I I have so my dad would usually get me into movies. My dad was kind of a funny dude. Uh, but he never got me, like, I was enlightened to Spinal Tap. I can't even really remember how I got into it. And um, I think I actually, I saw Waiting for Guffman before I saw Spinal Tap. And then I went back and saw Spinal Tap, and I thought it was so much better. Then waiting, I was like, "That's kind of funny," but this is like mind-blowingly funny. So it's just that is one of my like top Mount Rushmore comedies. This is Spinal Tap. I definitely saw it in high school too. I think it was one of those movies where it was, you know, oh, you've never seen this? Yeah. Well, just sit down. We're gonna watch <laughs> it right quick, you know. Um, especially like being in improv uh, as a kid too. It's like. But the, the movie is improv. It's an right. improv movie. They just make it all up while they're sitting there. And, um, but yeah, I definitely like, didn't see it as a kid. It was fully the 90s when I watched this movie. What about you, Nathan? I, so I, I, I saw it. it 
a little later, but not too much later. But it was definitely one of those ones to where it's like, you've got to see it. It's one of the best comedies ever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, okay, okay, you know. <laughs> but probably when I was about like 20, I eventually saw it, and it's definitely awesome. It's and it's my, I think it's my Lo- my brother Logan, his favorite comedy for sure. That would make sense. Uh-huh. Now this would be right in Logan's wheelhouse. Yeah, absolutely. Since Logan originally started like in music too, and he's still that's one of his passions. Yeah. Um. So like I, we were all sort of saying before we started, like I think I have the fewest amount of notes that I've ever <laughs> taken for one of our movies, and it's all just things that I like. Like, yeah, oh, it, remember, it's, bring up it's, this bit. I mean, so our last episode was RoboCop, and yep. it, it's a joy to watch, but there's some crazy stuff to mm-hmm. comment on, mm-hmm. and it, it's tough to comment on in terms of, like, pithy witticisms and stuff mm-hmm. like that because they're doing all the work, and it's all working, you know? Yeah, it's, there's, there's nothing about this movie that doesn't, that falls apart, Yeah, you know? Yeah, I, I I mean when people when people like with like modern day you bring up like an Im, like the quote unquote modern day improv movie you think of like the Judd Apatow stuff or like the um um what's you know it's it's where you they kind of leave the camera on and they keep doing riffs and things like that you know right. as opposed to you know, sort of like a fake documentary like that where they kind of let the the actors like fill in the stuff. You know, you think of like Melissa McCarthy just going on for hours and yeah. adding in extra stuff. And, and and when you when you think of those Judd Apatow movies and, and I do enjoy them, but you don't there's no fat on this movie. This is Spinal Top. It it moves really quick and it's strong the whole time. It's it's mm-hmm. muscular. There's no lull. Yeah, it, when you think of like these uh, you know, like these Apatow movies, you, they feel like a lot of extra deleted scenes in th- that are in there that they that they love, and it's just kind of a bit slow and wandering, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of those improv-type movies that they do now, people are always trying to one-up mm-hmm. themselves or, like, push it further, where there are moments in this that are just perfectly improv like one you know they just they they understand that it's not going to get any better than what the other person just dropped on them Mm -hmm. so that is the meat that was the funny and we're just going to leave it at that and then move on to something else Mm -hmm. which is really fun like that's the that's a perfect one when i think of that is like melissa mccarthy of that Mm -hmm. that that person just pushing it pushing it pushing it and then going and trying to one up and one up and these are just such beautiful spots and, and some of them are so underplayed too oh, so, uh, so completely perfectly. underplayed yeah 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 yeah. In, in in such a beautiful way like I, I think what makes it work and you know the the mockumentary style is i feel like overused these days particularly mm-hmm. in like sitcom settings every almost every sitcom now is a mockumentary style, you know, people sitting and talking to the camera. Yeah, yeah. And and the joke, especially since the office. Yes, yeah, exactly. And but like that's the joke is that you know you pan to Jim and he's just looking into the camera with that, you know, face. <laughs> and that's where the that's the punchline of the joke is is looking into the camera that way. And like this one, I think plays it so earnestly. It's so real. 
it's mm-hmm. so like as you said underplayed they're not one-upping each other they're not hamming it up they are just like living in their characters and responding to each other honestly and i think that's what makes it so brilliant is all the times that they hold back i think the only times that it gets over that line i would say is as they're describing the the uh, many deaths of their drummers, <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's even a moment where Christopher Guest breaks the, a little bit. I think there's at least like four times that Christopher Guest breaks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they're, especially when they're like, oh, "It was a, a gardening accident. <laughs> it was an unsolved gardening accident." <laughs> and then when they're describing the um, spontaneous human combustion, and uh-huh. it's just like it's all just so mm-hmm. real. They're just nodding, sad nodding. It happens a lot. It's it just nobody talks about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, th- this is one of those movies that even when you're like you're watching it alone at home, you're going to there's there's multiple moments that you're just going to laugh out loud, which oh, is yes. is rare. I did. You know. I definitely did. Yeah. I can only imagine like what this would be like with a, with a crowd. That'd be great. You mm-hmm. know, you're just feeding off the energy of everyone else. Yeah, I, I, that would be a fun movie to watch a lot like in a crowd. I also think it is a fun movie too, and and I have said this about a lot of the movies that we watch, but this is a movie that is fun to show people who have not seen it. Um, but unlike with maybe Mannequin, it's not because they're <laughs> going to be like, "What is happening? I don't understand this world. What even was the '80s?" But it's just to be like, "I know. look at look at what you're discovering," and to see somebody laugh at a joke that you know by heart. For the first time is is so nice and there's so many moments like yeah a lot of them were in the eight year long preview that's true <laughs> but um there's sight gags there's physical humor there's you know it's it's everywhere it's so good yeah i you know i think to a testament of how good the movie is when i was in college i took a film class and um, the guy teaching the film class was actually a reasonably intelligent person. Oh, well, that's good. And that's he weird. he didn't know it was that that Spinal Tap was fake. I, do you know what? I saw a lot of things as I was like reading through like the Wikipedia and like the did you knows and stuff. That was like a lot of people don't know that this. He is he fake. legitimately had no idea. I'm like, yeah, that's Harry. It's Harry Shearer, and that's Christopher Guest. That's from, that's a dude from Waiting for Govpin. Yeah, and he's like, oh, oh yeah, oh okay, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't recognize Rob Reiner, right? And he's like, oh well, I thought it was a real movie that like he was doing, but I didn't know about these guys. <laughs> oh, that's really funny you didn't now. That's funny. Fran Drescher no, I, and Billy Crystal and Paul that, Schaefer and. Now that you say that, I, I totally remember that being a maybe a stressor of me not wanting to see the movie. It's like, I don't want to see them like making fun of these, these guys. Like I didn't know that it was fake. Like, is it fake? Is it real? Like, and then you watch it and you, you know, right. Well, some people, I guess not. I, well, I, there's a lot of comments of people not realizing that, um, there was one story I read that was about somebody like famous ish. I don't know. Um, watching, 
Spinal Tap open for the band from A Mighty Wind, mm-hmm. whose name escapes me. I like didn't yeah. put it to to I can't the other that it was any of them. Literally uh, the same men. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Did, I think part of the reason for that is because okay, uh, uh, the other thing in addition to the the variations on the death of drummers is how insane the songs are because yeah. I was just going to say like it's because people believe it's real because it's so real it's so real that it, you know it's so realistically could be about a real band until you get to the songs <laughs> sex farm I mean it's <laughs> I have. I well, mean, I walked around singing "Fat Bottom" for yeah. the mm-hmm. like probably two hours after I watched it today, to uh, you know, because I my wife knows that I'm an ass man, <laughs> so I had started humming it before, you know. And now everyone. Knows and now it. everybody knows. I don't care. I talk about it on stage. Uh, but behind uh, Queen's "Fat Bottom Girls" and Sir Mix-a-Lot's "Baby Got Back," I think it's number three with me. A joke song, but it really, you know, resonates with you in a, in a meaningful way. How do I leave this behind? That's a great line. It is because <laughs> <laughs> behind also means a butt. Yes, that is great. It works on more than one level. It is level. a double entendre. <laughs> it is perfect. And I, I think it's the most possibly really realistic of all the songs. Um, I don't know. Like, the- I don't know. I love Stonehenge. That's so like. British rock that mm-hmm. reminds me of like you know like a lot of stuff like the moody blues like first off I, I okay so I it's not really heavy metal as much I mean it's it's really more rock and roll like they yeah. say heavy metal but it's really like more like kiss Detroit City rock and roll yeah kind of mm-hmm. stuff you know um, um something that you so you said Stonehenge something that I had never noticed before until I watched today in every concert that they play, there's somebody yells, Play Stonehenge! <laughs> <laughs> there was always in every one. Like, I would back up and listen, and as the cameras pan around, there's always one dude who goes, Play Stonehenge! It's, it's their great. free bird. Yeah, it's their free so bird. <laughs> so then that ad, the best thing is like, we should go back to doing stone. I don't want to do fucking Stonehenge. <laughs> oh, it was great. But anyways, yes, the music is, it's funny, and they wrote it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the kind of, uh, the the amazing thing about it. Uh, yeah, me, but and it, you, you do want to, like, track down those records, yeah. you know? Yes. Well, and I love, too, that they show you, as they're showing you, like, the history of the band, you know, and they uh, are, like, parroting, like, the Beatles and stuff, and they're showing them mm-hmm. in their, like, 50s version like, with their yeah, glasses the and they're band, in black yeah. and white and stuff and they're showing all the different or there's a the one that's kind of like a sitar sounding <laughs> song which mm-hmm. one is that that's like the it's when they're the boo boo go or something the the boo boo go go show or something yeah. um i also love one of my favorite jokes in the movie is that they have a an album called Intervenus de Milo that is hilarious. And then they have the Venus de Milo with no arms, but uh-huh. they have like the needles like going in the stubs of the arms. I thought that was great. That's a good bit. Yeah. Intervenus de Milo. Or he's, he, when he's playing the piano and he's like, uh, I'm influenced a lot so much by Bach and Mozart. And then the name so of the really song a is... Yeah. Um, it's called, like, My Love Pump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like a beautiful, sad... Yeah. Song. 
so good. But so I mean, good. that's. I mean, those are the favorite. I mean, those are the. There's two kind of st- the stupid people that I love, and there's there's two ways to play the stupid. There's mm-hmm. the stupid person that just has no idea that they're stupid. Yes. And there's the stupid person that thinks that they're smart. <laughs> and when people like ham up stupid, to me, like it's not funny. Like that's really, you know, when they're, but when they're just stupid and contemplative about it, I think that's the greatest thing. Or when you go to the office and, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, Michael Scott, you know, the yes. guy that's, you know, I think. Oblivious. Yeah. That was, I, that's why I used to love my mom. <laughs> she was she was stupid but she thought she was the smartest person in the room and then when she would learn something she would leverage it against everyone right. because she had a kernel of knowledge now she would she would drink in the back room and you could hear kind of what she was listening to so you just hear pieces of it and you'd hear like and the flamingo feeds and then the flamingo you know, so you know like watching something about a flamingo so I'd be sitting out and she'd come walking down the hall she'd go honey do you know why flamingos feathers are pink nope you don't know why flamingos feathers are pink no and you didn't know until five minutes ago <laughs> why are flamingos feathers pink mom because of the fish the crow that they eat in the water it turns their feathers pink I can't believe that you didn't know that sorry you're so much smarter than I am. I would wait like a day, and then I'd go back. I'd be, hey, Mom, why are flamingos' feathers pink? Oh, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I only know that one because I used to drive the uh, the tour train at the Phoenix Zoo. Yes. No, that's cheating. Yeah. That's the, that's the Dunning-Kruger effect, right? The people who know the least will speak up the most. Yeah, I've never heard of that, but that's true. I, there has to be legitimate yeah. science behind yeah. that. There, there is, and it's the the opposite is also true. That people who know the most about any given subject are most likely to be like, "Well, don't quote me on this," and I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent, or like, "This is just what I think." I'm not an expert, and it's like th- those are the people who know the most, and the people who know the least are most likely to be like, "I know exactly what this is, and I'll tell you." So yes. Um, yeah, and these guys, you just believe them, A, that they are that stupid, mm-hmm. and B, that they are that pompous, and that they are, you know, gigantic failures, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay, because they don't really realize it. Well, and th- those are the m- moments, I think, like, but that's the, the best sad moments, too, moments yeah. where they're like, Having to face the reality of right as of, they're kind of going through their Yoko Ono experience. Yes, and they they go to the record signing and nobody's there. They play at the <laughs> Air Force Base and people are just walking away. Um, Paul Schaefer, so great. Just, right. just kick my ass. <laughs> yes. Kick my ass. I'm not asking you. Do yeah. it. So good. Well, yeah, and it, I mean, when, and one of the things that Nathan and I have talked about a lot too is that it's it's kind of hard in this context to talk about a movie that's really good because you don't have those juicy moments to sort of pick apart and be like, what the hell were they thinking making this movie? Obviously, you know, at the end we sort of ask the question, does it hold up? But I like, we don't really have to ask that this movie holds up perfectly. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, if you, you just have to look at your favorite comedies today, 
Yeah. I mean, the, it's it. Hold, I mean, it holds up on it. It holds up the one. The movie holds up. Mm-hmm. You know, just the style of it and the comedy of it and the acting of it, but it also holds up so much to our culture today of like you know my wife watches keeping up with the kardashians oh god yes and you like you are just marveled at the fact that these people can't sort of step away from what they're do- it's i mean the, uh, keeping up with kardashians is essentially spinal tap mm-hmm. i mean there could be that would be the i mean if they would ever go away that would be the greatest show is to follow them around when nobody cared about them. But I don't know that it'll ever happen. I've been waiting for years and years and years, and it's just picking up steam. Mm-hmm. But it's so, I mean, the same thing. That was the thing that as I was, because I watched it today before we did this, and that was the thing that amazed me is just how that same celebrity, it just resonates so much now with what they're doing. And, you know, that, in you know, the way that, you know, my favorite character is probably Ian the manager just what he goes through to insulate them yes from you know and just saying like oh the Boston show's been cancelled don't worry it's not a big college show you know <laughs> yes. just like these great little <laughs> things and you know why why did he get the offensive record oh because the women were abusing him it was that's it was the opposite that was yes. the opposite that's why yes 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 and I, I mean I, I think the even the moment where he is uh, confronting Michael McKeon's character about whether or not he should be the manager anymore, and they're having that fight. Uh, yeah, it like it's, and she's chiming in. Oh my god, what a terrible character! The girlfriend. Uh, one of my favorite lines in history ever mm-hmm. of all time is, "I'm not going to take orders from a woman, especially one that dresses like an Australian's nightmare." <laughs> <laughs> I told that to my wife, and she's like, what is an Australian's nightmare? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but and that and I never it. want to know. Yeah. I, but I know what it dress is like, because yeah. I've seen it. Someone that lives amongst crocodiles and kangaroos yeah. and wild, whatever they fear, is what that woman is. Mm-hmm. Even the reality, too, of like, and, and it's just, I think, is goes to them being like so good at improv, Um is that during that fight scene, and even during all of the fight scenes, really, no one else chimes in. Like, there's six people whose job it is to just sit there and look away and not chime in, and, like, only two or three people ever get in on the fight or have anything to say about what happens to them at all. Like, I don't think Harry Shearer ever gives his opinion on Mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, second greatest line in, in that scene. That's that's one of the things that I love about Harry Shears, the genius of him being the, he has a line where he's like, you know, they're fire and ice and I'm lukewarm water. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. the role that I play here. But that whole thing, when the fight goes on, I've got a question. Are we going to play Stonehenge? Yeah, yeah yes. I'm, I've got a no, very, I've got a very <laughs> practical <laughs> question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to play Stonehenge? No, but yeah, this let's get the midgets further away yes. from the Stonehenge, and then it won't look as bad. Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, well, and the practical discussions of completely insane things are are the best when they're like, you know, that's you. It, it said eighteen inches, right? It says eighteen. This is the thing. 
this is what you asked for, right? And they're having like all those Angelica Houston. I know, right? You, no one noticed that was her when they were not sure that this was a movie. Um, yeah, and it's. I used to sell windows, and all the time people would come in with measurements, mm-hmm. and they would write feet instead of inches. Uh-huh. So it would just have the one little tag, and it would think, I'm like, oh. 18-foot window. So this is going to be a 36-foot by 18-foot window. <laughs> Do you live in a mansion? <laughs> I don't know how we're going to transport this. No. Perhaps we can... That's an expensive piece get of glass. A, yeah, get a few semi-trucks back-to-back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me put another hash mark in here. There you go. So good. So good. This is the only movie to where... The the extra little bits that they put during the credit roll oh, those are, are actually classic so moments from oh. a movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know. <laughs> Do you so think good. you'd be happy at that job? What are the hours? Yes. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so brilliant. Yeah. Oh, do you have it in black? Like, like the questions he thinks right. that people who have jobs ask. I love right. it. Or, or like the 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 origin of his name, a name, David Saint Hubbins. Saint Hubbins was the patron saint of quality footwear. <laughs> yes, <laughs> quality footwear. It's so good and it's so specific, and that's you know another um, hallmark of good improv as well. Um, but I think kind of part of the reason why it holds up so flawlessly is also because it's a you know, a documentary about a band from the 80s, you know, so it doesn't have that problem that some of the movies we watch have where it's like you want to imagine it today. Like, you know, it, it already is it's, encapsulated it's, it's kind of in like its being, own time. Yeah, most movies are kind of poured into a genre, but not just a genre, but like a very specific genre for that time. Like you right. could say like an action movie is a genre, but like like certain types of like Stallone 80s movies are very much of the moment of the time. And even Stallone can't, doesn't make those same kind of movies now. Right. You know, it, it, and so being... Except for Rocky, he still makes all yeah, of those. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> with a few exceptions. But like, a, like you know, so... Uh, but like by kind of going the documentary route, mm-hmm. they're not kind of connecting with what was popular, what was conventional for like comedies you know, then right with, with the the rockumentary. I, I mean, I mean, even the, like the mockumentary really wasn't even in. Was it even in the vocabulary at this point? No. You know, no. I believe this was the first that, and I mean, I think all of the work that they do. I mean, when you look at their, you know, like waiting for Guffman, Guffman is a per- perfect encapsulation of just what that was. Mm-hmm. So it's just timeless. Like you wouldn't or. Like a mighty wind, like you're going back and, you know, this music isn't played anymore. So now, you know, we're going back to this time. Mm-hmm. So I think that the, I wonder if that's intentional of them grabbing, like they just see a perfect moment that they can grab or like best in show. Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. always timeless. Those people are always going to be there. I just, yeah. I think that they're very sort of genius of that, mm-hmm. of, you know, get this band that's a fish out of water and a little bit past its time because yeah. there's always going to be that band right as we keep pushing forward mm-hmm. you are always people, going to yeah. have people out of time yeah Pe- people who like something that no one else likes anymore mm-hmm. well it's not like you couldn't do one of the things where like oh we'll do it with a female cast yeah we'll do it with this you would have to do something totally different yeah mm-hmm. or it's going to be so compared like if you did like a 
like a Spice Girls mockumentary style thing where it was all flipped. It would be so compared to this movie that it would have to be just amazing just to even Did you see the movie that... Is it Popstar? Yes. Never no, stop, no, I didn't. Never Stopping? I want to, but yeah. Well, that... Uh, so, with all... One, his... Which is funny, because he does the... Be- uh, Adam Sandberg. Andy, Andy, Andy Sandberg. Sandberg. Yeah. Andy Sandberg. Like, his mockumentary stuff is just off the chain. Like, well, I don't but know. also the music. Like, he actually... You know, Lonely Island actually really writes and records, like, really awesome music so i think maybe that step one is you have to actually be able to play music to make a music documentary that i mean that probably helps uh but i mean his you know the character i mean i i liked that movie but mm-hmm. like the other stuff that he does on like hbo like the the, the tennis t- one the tennis one or oh the tour God. de france one yeah uh-huh. the tour de france just i mean it kill you know He's Nigerian because his father owned a diamond mine. <laughs> and he's the only kid that could afford a real bike, so he was the best bike racer. And I'm like, that is just, I, like, amazing. I laughed so... Tour de Pharmacy is what that's called. And I, yeah. laughed, I laughed so loud while watching that that I, I woke my children up. And they're like, Mom, are you okay? And I'm like, yes. Go back to bed. John Cena's being being funny. Just go back to bed, sweetie. But I mean, I think it just comes from authentic characters. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that that was, you know, that uh, finding that one drive for that, you know, like the kid that was Jackie Robinson's nephew and he wanted to be the first at something. Yeah. You know, and everybody had taken everything except cycling. Yeah. Like, that's great. Like, that's your your through line through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that's That's what those, you know... I mean, that's what all those characters do in that movie. I mean, that's why I love that character of Ian so much, is it's just his laser focus to push the group through this. Like, nothing ever, you know, so I got, I got us a room, got us a gig, no, we locked us, but everything's okay, we'll get the album. <laughs> I guess I guess his character, too, reminded me in a, a nice way of... And, and um, probably and the only British person in the film. The only really British person, yes. <laughs> Uh, of the Reese Darby character in Flight of the Concords, which is mm, you know not yeah. a documentary, but like that the manager who's like, "Is it all gonna be okay? Like, you're playing a gig at the corner of a, you know, <laughs> right. uh, but it's all it's gonna be great. This is the this is the thing. This is gonna be the next thing. Um, so, I think that this might be the easiest movie ever to create a scale for, right? So it's just like it's out 11, of eleven, right? yeah. yeah it's <laughs> gotta be. There's yeah. nothing else you can do. Um. Uh, so, and I and I think we're probably all like unanimously gonna have super high ratings for this. Yeah, probably not too much variation like we usually get. But uh, James, on a scale of one to eleven, also I just love that moment so much. But he's questioning questioning him about why not just make ten louder, and it, the response is just like, "Will these go to 11? <laughs> like, <laughs> right? And and the earnest formulation of it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, of you hear him think. Everything is so is so sincere. So some it's a funny thing. So when I do stand up, I do act out. Okay. And people all the time will ask me. They're they'll be like, "Well, how do you do act out so well?" Like it's it's like you can like when you do it, I can hear the other person. Mhm. 
so how, how do you, how do you do them so well? And I always ask them. I say, do you know what the other person's saying? And I'm like, no. Like, then how are you talking to them? Like, if I'm not listening to what you're saying, mm-hmm. I'm just going to just talk over you. There's no rhythm to it. It's to take that honest moment to really formulate. And that's the genius thing about that. Is mm-hmm. He just took a minute to put the... What is... Why is he... Why doesn't he get it? Yeah. It just... I mean, it's pretty... But... It goes to 11. (laughs) (laughs) But just like in his head, like that's the other thing. It's like playing the stupid person that doesn't know he's stupid. But how can I explain to this moron (laughs) that this one goes to, I thought it was pretty clear. It goes to 11. Just genius. Genius. (laughs) So you give it an 11? Yeah, you have to give it an 11. I'm going to have to do that too. We're making this. I, and why do we even do this part? Just I know, right? Say eleven. Yeah, right I don't. If there's somebody that ha- that doesn't give this thing an eleven, then you let me know because we got to give them a talking to. We'll sit down and try to, you know that that might be a podcast mm-hmm. just to sit people down and just oh, who be don't like, like something that yeah. you like. Please message our Facebook uh, page. At most, yeah, at if most you give this a four. Yeah, you know, let I mean I would be happy to come back down. We'll do a follow up episode and sit down and just, just berate somebody. Be a guest. I'm looking forward to it. Prove your point. Why is right. why is this a Prove spinal tap point. not an eleven? Or what is it that the people say? Like, never mind. Ignore me. Like they sit at little tables. Do you know what I'm talking about? Focus they sit at little Jamie. tables and they say they have like a sign that says, "Oh, this is my." prove me wrong is that that's not it though right not well there's wrong. yeah there's a change my mind yes it's change my mind change my but mind. it's a dude there's a it, i forget the dude's name but he has a um he's like a uh he has kind of like a right wing show yeah yeah yeah. and yeah he goes to college campuses and he's like you know there are only two genders change my mind yeah and then people put stupid stuff on the table but mm-hmm. it's kind of i watch those because i i find them humorous because <laughs> it just is just bait and the thing is is that you're going to colleges and these kids really don't they don't know why they think what they think yet so yeah. it's just kind of mean of the guy to pit pit yeah but yeah change my mind it's dunning kruger again in effect yes um okay if you've learned one thing <laughs> from this podcast i hope and then also jazz odyssey we didn't talk about jazz odyssey Oh, Jazz Odyssey. Tell us more. What, what about... Oh, that, that was it. What do you want? That's it? You just want to mention it? Okay. Um, the, like, all the stuff that I wrote down... Um, <laughs> I just wrote dust for vomit. <laughs> you can't dust for vomit. Uh, no, you vomit. can't dust for vomit. That's um, another, I mean, a beautiful little, you know... And, he mm-hmm. choked on vomit, but it wasn't his vomit. It wasn't his. So are any of these moments um, still are, are ingrained in your normal life? Like these, re- these reoccurring, like the classic moments. Do it? Are do you? Are the at, in, like like the songs or like? I always think of somebody when I think of somebody who's just lost. Oh yeah! I always <laughs> say to myself, Cleveland, rock and roll, rock and roll. I just they're never getting out of the basement. I've said that to myself numerous times. Like this person is just walking around the basement of her life, and they're never going to get to the stage. It's a bit of a jog. Yeah. Of a jog. I uh, know. I I think just the... I put a zucchini in my pants. Oh my god! <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. But why wrap it in foil? That's what I. Well, know. I mean, you, you don't know... want it to. 
Do you not want it to go bad? I don't. I've never <laughs> understood that either. I don't. Uh, Why was it wrapped in foil? I think to protect it. To give it a realistic texture. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think the foil would do that. Well, um, but that's no. I know. <laughs> I was. I was. I think but, this um, goes to eleven. Every is in everyone's absolutely. lexicon. Yeah. Um. She what was going to say the the reason their justification for why their audience is all young white boys mm. is that like women are scared of the armadillos in their <laughs> trousers. <laughs> um. Which that was something. There was a. I remember D. Snyder was doing an interview one time and he had brought up the fact that uh the Judas Priest uh lead singer his name escapes me but he came out as gay so he D Snyder was just like he was like man all that stuff is homoerotic yeah. you got guys dressing like chicks and leather singing songs about just audiences full of dudes singing about chicks it's like there's all kinds of weird stuff happening here man it's like i don't even want it to be psychoanalyzed or anything because there's crazy stuff going on and then rob halford rob halford would go through and he would be like you know all these like dudes like these hyper masculine guys like go back and listen to some of those judas priest albums it's like look at the lyrics real close well, yeah, this is why like adults and and parents were so freaked out about like heavy metal and and again, it's like this. I I I'm not familiar with Kiss, but I went back and listened to it and looked at some of their stuff after I saw this because that was we're kind of like the comparison. Familiar with Gene Simmons' Gene work on Simmons. robotics, I, but I'm really more familiar with his acting career. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it, it was meant to be shocking and to and to make people angry, mm. or at least like the 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 previous generation mm-hmm. uncomfortable. The man, the man, yeah. Um, so, what would your deep cut recommendation be? So uh, mine is, and oh boy, I hope it holds up. So uh, <laughs> there's a there's there's a mockumentary um, about low-budget filmmaking called And God Spoke. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. it it's not super popular, but um, uh, I, I think it's on Amazon Prime right now, but it's about these B-movie filmmakers mm-hmm. never made a good movie in their life uh, deciding to make a Bible epic. Nice. And so it's kind of them trying to make a good movie using their low-budget sensibilities not really being Christian, mm-hmm. but really wanting to m- make a Bible epic, which they see as the best-selling book in history. Nice. And it's called And, and God it, Spoke? Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. What about for you, James? So my deep cut is an actual documentary. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Way so, to turn it on its ear. No, this is, and this is sad because w- th- you've seen – uh, Spinal Tap. There's a documentary on, on documentary on Netflix called Anvil. Okay. Anvil. Anvil. Okay. Okay. And they were a heavy metal band in the '80s. Mm-hmm. And the documentary starts up with them talking to uh, members of like Metallica and like Dave Mustaine and people that were like from that era that kind of went into the 90s and had success or had like a second chapter of their career 
and all of them are just so complimentary to Anvil. And they're like, yeah, they used to kill at these festivals. And, you know, they were a great bunch of guys. And I just don't know why they ever took off. And they are three dudes that live in Canada that play a bar on Saturday nights that throughout the movie they they borrow like seven grand from their families to make an album that sounds terrible. It's ne- Nobody listens to this music anymore. It's like it sounds the same as the stuff that they were playing like 15 years ago or whatever it is in the movie. And they're just like, they're just like, man, this is going to kill. Like, we're going to get this album out and we're going to be right back on top. And they're just old and fat now and their oh. hair is all stringy. And it's just sad because it literally is. It will give you so much of an appreciation for what they did in This is Spinal Tap mm-hmm. because these dudes are just living it. Like, they break up. and like, we can't break up, man. We've been together for 20 years. And, you know, we need to go to Oslo and do this show. Oh and, God. like, they're living out of a bus uh-huh. and they're getting screwed out of their money. And it's just, it's, it's beautiful because it is art imitating life imitating art so go see watch spinal tap first Mm -hmm. because then if you if you're listening you've never seen either one of them watch spinal tap first because then it will make the pain and humanity of anvil that much worse because you know in your life that they have sat down and watched spinal tap and have just not seen it (laughs) They thought they also yeah, thought it was real. Yeah, they're just like they Not just connected. didn't. They thought it was real. Yeah, yeah. That movie is a mirror, mm-hmm. and they just didn't see it. They're just like, wow. Glad we're not these guys. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that suck to be them? Awesome. Uh, I'm gonna recommend a an in real life experience. I'm gonna recommend, obviously, improv classes. I think that people should take. Uh, improv classes for just so many reasons uh, but you know some of them include a lot of what we see so beautifully demonstrated in the improv in this movie which is you know uh, as James pointed out as well listening is the is key mm-hmm. not working as a team absolutely and not like thinking of what you're going to say next while the other person is talking, but actually engaging in that listening and sort of that, even that active, you know, and what I'm hearing you say is this, is that, am I hearing you right? Uh, kind of a thing to support the other person's ideas and add to them, which are like the, everything they ever say about any of their drummers is a master class and like subtle heightening of like, he choked on, he choked on vomit. Oh, so sad. It wasn't his vomit. Yeah. And they, then they couldn't prove Who's it was, you know, know, and they're just, it's a yes and back and forth. Um, But also, you know, and those are things that people talk about all the time when they talk about improv, but also, you know, making the other person look good, I think, is something that this movie really shows in an amazing way is that, like, none of these guys is doing that sort of thing that I think you mentioned too, James, where they're hamming it up to be like, no, 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 look at me. Where they're topping I've each other. I've got the bit. I'm going to, yeah. you know, I'm going to top what you just said. It's all about like setting the other person up to get the bigger laugh. It, I mean, when you see two people who are both listening at the same time, mm-hmm. it's really exciting to me. You teach improv. I do. Um, I try to 
talk to like comedians and they're like, well, I need to, you know, I need to work on crowd work. And, uh, I'm like, well, just, you know, just talk to the person. Like you're trying to think of jokes to say, Mm -hmm. like, don't talk. If you want to do crowd work, talk to the people and then funny things will come from that. But they do it just so ass backwards. And I guess it's probably the same thing Mm -hmm. with, you know, when you have students that come in, it's like, oh, well, I got these, you know, I got these ideas. And it's like forcing the the round peg into the square hole. Yeah. Where as just, you know, there was a, there was a 30 rock one time that I wish I could show everybody, but there was a bit on 30 rock where the two of them used to be in an improv group yes, together. Uh-huh. I know and exactly then, the bit you're yeah, going to say. So, I know exactly the so bit So they're like, we say. need two characters. And they're like, Sling Blade and Oprah. <laughs> yep. And Tina Fey goes, mm, I sure do love these French fried taters. And the other one goes, no, you don't, Oprah. Yes. That's <laughs> and, a, I reference that in classes all the time. completely like, but that was, I wonder how long <laughs> they came up to write just the perfect line mm-hmm. to shut everything down and yep. grind everything to a stop. <laughs> the no but. It's so perfect. Yes, the no but. Um, yeah, and you hit the nail on the head. Like, you know, trying to be funny is the enemy of comedy. And I think that this movie does that so beautifully because the more earnest you play it, the more sincere <laughs> you are and and the more you you truly believe what you're saying you're not trying to be funny you're just trying to be real that's what creates those moments of comedy you and that's that's like what this movie is a master class and i think i think all of the christopher guest um versions of this too as well that we mentioned mighty wind and uh uh, best in show my personal favorite best in show uh and uh, you know waiting for guffman are all just like master classes and people taking it so seriously they are not trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. They are trying to be serious. Um, and, and that's what makes brilliant. So learn to do those things. Take an improv class. There are so many ways that it will make your life better. Um, okay, so where can people uh, find your podcast? Where can they find you to watch your comedy or, or possibly experience it in the social medias? Um, you can go through. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. This is Is It Dark In Here? Yeah, this is Is It Dark In Here? So uh, Is It Dark In Here with a question mark? And, um, and yeah, check us out and, uh, follow us on Twitter. We are on Twitter and Facebook and yeah, check, uh, check me out. You can follow me at, uh, Jay Hohenscheidt on Twitter and yeah, check out the podcast and thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Great to have you. All right. (laughs) Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, be sure to join us next time when we'll be watching a movie from the 80s <laughs> oh and we also say you can find nathan at uh, squishystudios.com and on the tweets and the instagrams and all that stuff at squishy studios you can find chrissy at nctphoenix.com same thing uh and chrissy lens on twitter and instagram uh hey when you're out there in the world make sure to keep the most excellent 80s movie podcast motto in mind to be excellent to each other and jazz odyssey I am going to play this entire clip. Okay.
it would be betraying the spirit of jazz audience if I didn't play the entire clip. <laughs> the 20-minute clip. No, not really. Aww. <laughs> That's it.